back to this theme that the Lord has placed upon my heart. Strong finish, strong faith. Amen. And certainly I want to go right back to where we were on last Sunday. We preached this um, message on Sunday. Uh, it was so much information. It turned into a message and a Bible class. Amen. And certainly we want to go back to Apostle Paul standing uh, before King Agrippa. Amen. And King Agrippa gives him an opportunity to speak. Amen. Certainly uh, Paul is of great oratory and his oratorical skills come into play. And uh, those that were listening to him were spellbound, not necessarily uh, by his, his oratorical skills, but what he was saying how God had converted him, how God had uh, uh, shown the light upon him on the road to Damascus and how God could have killed him. And he was guilty. Uh, you know, we were talking about uh, could have been dead. There are other those have the uh, testimony should have been dead. What I, what I have done, he should have killed me. And he certainly uh, would have been within his right to kill him on the road to Damascus. But Amen. God saved him. Amen. And one of the things that made his uh, testimony before King Agrippa uh, so spellbound, he told King Agrippa at the end of this thing, and ever since this heavenly, uh, I haven't been disobedient to the heavenly vision. Every time, ever since this, uh, every time I think about this, uh, how God has converted me, amen, how God saved me, how he uh, could have let me die while I was in my, uh, in Judaism. Amen. And each and every one of us, we have that same testimony. Amen. He could have killed us where we were. He could have let us die in our sin. Amen. And he could have let us die in that, that, that worse. Y'all know what the worst sin is? That sin of self-righteousness. I was already saved. Wasn't nothing wrong with me. Come on, somebody. My God, some people have a testimony as if, you know, God didn't save you from nothing. Well, I, I was all right. I was, I was doing okay. Oh, no. You were lost. You were bound. You were down. You were out. You had no hope. You had no help. But somebody said, but God, may, my God. And you have he quickened, which were what? Dead in trespasses and sins. Amen. Each and every one of us ought to have a but God testimony. Amen. I could have been killed, but God. Should have been killed, but God. I was caught up in this, but God. Come on, somebody. My God. Jonah said, out of the belly of hell, cried I. <laughs> My God. You would think if there was any time. It would be too late. He said, oh, no, I'm going to call. I'm going to call. Amen. And he heard me. Come on, somebody. My God. And delivered me out of the depths of the sea. Amen. And each and every one of us, he saved us out of the depths of sin. Amen. And that's why I love this testimony uh, Paul gives. Now we're going to Acts, the 26th uh, chapter. I'm going to read a little bit of this, and um, <clears throat> you can read it in its entirety. But I want you to get the gravity of what we're talking on uh, tonight. Amen. And I'm so glad that uh, Paul was able to give a testimony. And that's what the Bible says. We ought to be able to give a testimony 
of what we believe to any man that asks, amen, why you're living this life. You can let him know I'm living this life to live again. All right, uh, Acts 26 and verse uh, 1, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself for this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions, which among the Jews, wherefore I beseech that you hear me patiently. Uh, King uh, Agrippa being a proselyte, amen, to the Jewish faith, Paul is saying, now I know you understand of what I'm talking about and where I'm coming from, amen? But certainly King Agrippa didn't have it on the wise that Paul had it, Apostle Paul. He was the one that was caught up into the third heaven and was given this revelation directly from God and took it to the other apostles and found out that he was not one whit behind. But King Agrippa was like many of us. We have something, we possess something precious but we don't know its value. Come on, somebody. My God. Somebody sold their birthright for a bowl of soup. You probably know who I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, trusted in his ability to hunt than the blessings of God upon his life. And sold his birthright for a bowl of soup had something precious, valuable, and didn't even know it, all right? He said, the, uh, my manner of life from my youth, which was from the first among mine own uh, nation of Jerusalem, uh, know all the Jews, uh, which knew me from the beginning, if uh, they were uh, testified that after the most stringent sect of the religion, I lived a Pharisee. I now stand and am in, and judge for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. This is why I'm standing here. I'm being judged because of the hope, the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise also 12 tribes, insanely uh, serving God uh, day and night. This is, uh, this is what this is my story and this is my song. This is, we, we believe in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if he didn't get up, my God, we don't have no hope. All right, this is the hope that we have. Amen. We serve him day and night uh, and the, of the hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I'm standing in judgment here of something that we all should believe uh, that can God can do anything but fail. Come on, somebody. My God, uh, he created all things and without him, there was nothing made. Amen. Uh, so how could I create something and then turn around and worship it? when I created it myself. But we're worshiping the God that created the heavens and the earth and that has created each and every one of you. And then he goes into his testimony. 
Uh, verse 9, verily thought uh, with uh, myself that all I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, uh, having received authority from uh, the chief priests. And when and they were and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them, and I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even until strange cities. Now he's talking about now he's on his road, on the road to Damascus. Amen. He was so dogmatic in Judaism. Uh, his mission, he felt, was to stop out Christianity. Amen. All right. Look what he says in verse 12. Upon, uh, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Amen. In other words, kicking against the prick, uh, you're only hurting and harming yourself. Who is it, Lord? Come on, somebody. First of all, he recognizes that there's a greater authority than himself. Now, he said he was commissioned of the priests. He was given authority of the priests and the uh, Sanhedrin court, but now he's being arrested himself of a higher authority, even of even that of the courts. All right. Who art thou? Amen. Verse 15. And I said, who art thou Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, but rise and stand upon thy feet for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things when thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. All right, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. My God. And when he shared this testimony uh, with King Agrippa in verse 19, he says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but he showed first unto the, uh, to them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. My God, when Paul shared his personal testimony with King Agrippa, amen, uh, King Agrippa uh, most certainly had to say, Lord, uh, uh, Paul, you've almost convinced me to be a Christian. But what I want to focus in on what Paul is saying now is 
uh, since this day that I've been converted, amen, since God spared me, he could have killed me, he spared me, amen, uh, I haven't bis been disobedient, I, I, I'm on a mission, I, I, I got to have a strong finish because I have a strong faith in the God who have called me, come on somebody, called me out of darkness into his what? Marvelous light. Amen. Somebody said, where were you? Amen. When he called you, when he found you. Somebody said, I was in darkness. Amen. I did some things that were contrary to the church, hailing men and women and causing them to be cast into prison and blaspheme and eventually having their heads cut off. Come on, somebody. My God. You talk about, I was guilty. Yes, I was guilty. He should have killed me. And then the Damascus Road experience happened. Come on, somebody. And I found out I was only hurting myself and the body of Christ. All right. He was converted. He let King Agrippa know that I haven't always been this dogmatic concerning Christianity. Amen. But God spared my life. Let's go to Acts, the ninth chapter. Let's go back to the ninth chapter. Let's uh, read a little bit about this. Acts 9. Uh, verse 10 and through 18. Look what it says. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go unto the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judah for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man. This man is dangerous. He persecutes the saints. Come on, somebody. All right. He said, and how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here they, he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call upon thy name. Uh, but Jesus was the highest authority. Come on, somebody. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. What? To bear my name before the Gentiles. Isn't that something? My God, God can use um, uh, the, the chief sinner. Come on, somebody. Anybody remember Zacchaeus, the chief, uh, the chiefest of thieves, the chiefest of sinners? Remember those malefactors that held were uh, hung on the cross with him? Come on, somebody. One had repentance and said, Lord, remember me. And he said, this day will you be with me in paradise? Uh, it doesn't matter how far we've fallen. God can always find something in us to use to his honor and to his glory. And we ought to, we ought to say, uh, Lord, I thank you, my God. And after all, he did use a donkey. 
And if he can use a donkey, surely he can find something that he can use in me. All right. For I will, um, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hand on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus hath appeared unto thee in the way and thou hast camest have sent me that thou mayest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Come on, somebody. So Paul was just sharing the facts. These are the facts, amen. And each and every one of us, we ought to be, we ought to be able to tell Anybody we come in contact with, my God, I was sinking deep in sin. I was far from the peaceful shore, but the master of the sea, what did he? He heard my despairing cry, my God. And from the water, what did he do? He lifted me and safe am I, my God. Uh, Paul was letting them know that this Jesus, uh, people have seen him. Amen. People heard him. They saw his miracles. We still have people alive uh, that were healed by him. Come on, somebody. The lame, the sick, the deaf, the dumb. My God, they experienced the miracles. The people that he raised from the dead, we still have the empty tombs among us. Come on, somebody. This gospel message is turning the world upside down, my God. And here comes Saul from Jerusalem to Damascus to persecute the church even further. And that's when Jesus said, no, I'm going to use you. I'm going to take that uh, perseverance. I'm going to take that uh, zeal and I'm going to put it to a good use. Come on, somebody, and make you a messenger unto the Gentiles. And he said, King Agrippa, ever since that day, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. Come on, somebody. My God, I have to finish this thing. Amen. Strong finish because I have a strong faith in the God in whom I serve. And that's something that nobody can take from you. When you've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled up with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues and you hear yourself speak, that's something that nobody can take from you. My God. And these facts are still available to us today. Jesus is real. Amen. We've gone and done the Google searches and looked at the city and the tower. Come on, somebody. My God, you all remember that? Amen. All of these things, the uh, Basra, when he's going to go and rescue his faithful uh, believers. Amen. The city of David, all of these things are real and even dwelling among us today. My God. And when Paul got done sharing his testimony, King Agrippa said, Lord, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. <laughs> Paul, you, you, that, that's, a, uh, that's, a, uh, that's a testimony. 
And what I what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying each and every one of us, we have that same testimony. Amen. My God, many of us, we have done some things that have persecuted the saints. Uh, some of us have even been against uh, the church, against Christian people. We've hurt others. We've done evil things. Come on, somebody. Things which we should have been, uh, maybe have even lost our lives. So by, the Bible says with these tongues, you can even murder with your tongue. Come on, somebody. But even you hath he quickened, which were dead in trespasses and sins. Come on, somebody. My God. And for that, we ought to be able to tell God, thank you. Amen. I'm indebted. Come on, somebody. My God, I, I, can, I need to tell the world about this. I need to tell the nations that I am blessed, that I am a child of God. I am a witness. Come on, somebody. And each and every one of us, we ought to be just as committed. And I'm, I'm talking about a strong finish. Thanks. This is in my spirit because I feel that the Lord is soon to come. How long can we continue on with things uh, continually getting worse? People have an appetite uh, for things that are not true. I, I mean, they, they, they want to hear lies. Come on, somebody. They're not after the truth. They'll shut their ears and close their eyes to the truth and they'll run after a lie. Well, this is the time they're going to be calling right, wrong, and wrong, right. So the Lord is soon to come. And he's calling each and every one of us. And I want to go to this um, scripture reference in uh, Revelation. And we talked about this church in our study of the book of Revelation in the second uh, chapter. The loveless church. Amen. Uh, and it reveals a lot of things. Now, we know that we're in the Laodicea, uh, times of Laodicea, people's rights. Uh, people have a right, you know. Um, uh, the president got in trouble saying that uh, Facebook was killing individuals, and he wasn't necessarily talking about Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg or Facebook proper. He was talking about the messages that people receive off Facebook are killing people, you know, and then when you start talking about that, they say, oh, well, he's now he's talking about censorship and we got a right. I, you know, I got a right to tell my story, whether it's true or not, whether people kill themselves or not. I got a right. And that's what the day and time in which we live now. Laodicea, people's rights. They have a right to do any and everything they want to do uh, to wear a mask, to socially distance. You know, they got a right to believe the truth or uh, believe some other thing that they will call and put aside truth because I have a right to do it. All right. But this was the loveless church. And I, I, it's pretty much, I think we've gone through this phase and we've gone to the uh, uh, Laodicea church. But it says in uh, Revelation uh, 2, Unto the angel of the church at Ephesus write, These things saith the, the, and holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, 
who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. All right. Now we know from this uh, teaching in Revelation, this is the, uh, the spirit of God in each dispensation of the church. Uh, not seven different spirits, the same spirit represented in each dispensation of the church. God was always there. Come on, somebody. He said, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou hast canst not bear them that are evil and has tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars and has borne uh, and hath patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou has left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. Turn, turn, and do thy first works or else I will come unto thee and quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thy repent. My God, you have left your first love. My God. And certainly when we look at world condition today, and not just world condition, when we look at the church, the people of God, oh, Zion, what's the matter now? My God, we don't pray. We don't shout. We don't dance. We don't live. We don't testify like we used to. Come on, somebody. We don't love him like we used to. My God, we have lost. We have left our first love. Amen. And certainly in Ephesus, where there was so much immorality, sexual immorality going on, it wasn't easy living a Christian lifestyle. And my God. Uh, you know, back then that thing was taboo, but now everything is out and open. Anything is accepted. It used to be a time when it was a big thing when you saw two men kissing on TV and it, and it was a big uproar. Two men walking down the street holding hands. Two women, um, you know, uh, making out. It's not anything to see that anymore. We see that all the time. My God. Uh, so it was it was hard for Christian service back then. And it's even harder to live a life of holiness today because everything is being accepted. What happened? Another generation has come. Amen. And every, the, the, the generation of Laodicea, we have a right to love who I want to love, be with who I love. And even, you know, if I'm not in agreement with what God has made me, I have a right to even change my identity. Come on, somebody. Uh, some people say, I don't want to identify with male or female. I, you know, I just want to be what I want to be when I want to be like I want to be. Just like they are God, if you will. My God. This is where we are, but God is calling us back to right relationship with him. My God, if there's ever a time that we need the Lord, if there's ever a time we need to run, he said in the time of trouble, 
I will hide you in my pavilion. And if we're not in trouble now, my God, we have even a more provocative Russia, China, things are uh, uh, North Korea, things are, uh, are, are, are uh, everywhere you turn, there's chaos, confusion, mayhem, destruction, uh, even God's creation itself. Mudslides in Japan, drought in other areas, and even within our own uh, United States, parts of California, you walk on the ground and it, it's crunching just like you, you, you're walking on a bag of chips. And yet Dearborn down there is flooding. All of God's creation Come on, somebody. My God, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Nevertheless, the foundation of God, and that's what he's calling us back to, his foundation, it stands assured. God knows those that are his. He's calling us back to right relationship with him. My God, and each and every one of us, uh, I know a lot of times people cringe when I talk about, you know, secular artists, uh, think about Regina Bell, um, make it like it was, the way it used to be. Come on, somebody. When I hungered for your love desperately, my God, make it like it was. What happened to the time that we were desperate for God's love? What happened to the time that you, your foot wouldn't even hit the floor without thanking God for waking you up this morning? Now we hit the floor with a presumptuous mind. I got to do this. 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 I got to do that. I got to go there because I don't want to miss this without even taking one thought for the breath that you breathe. Hmm. The use of your limbs, the activity of your mind. Don't even take one thought. My God. God said we have become a loveless church. We've walked away. We walked out. Come on, somebody. And I'm so glad God is not man because he will accept us back. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, let's look at um, Hosea. He will accept us back, saints. He just doesn't call us back and say, look what the cat drug in and make you standing out there on the steps looking stupid. Come <laughs> on, somebody. Hosea, uh, the sixth chapter, and then we're going to go back to the third chapter. But Hosea 6, he says something uh, you all remember. Uh, Jose was the one that had to go out and marry a whorish wife, mm, Gomer. Now, it, the example wouldn't work if uh, he didn't love her. Oh, he loved himself some Gomer. And every time that she walked out on him, God said, I want you to let Israel know, let my people know that's how I feel when they are unfaithful to me. Look what he says, Hosea 6 and 1. Uh, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he has torn. 
My God, listen, if what we was doing was so great, um, so perfect, uh, or if it was a good thing, why are so many people dying? Why is there so much death and destruction and mayhem, violence, crime, suicide, depression, oppression? Why are all of these things happening and going on if we're so smart and know what to do and how to conduct ourselves and know up down from down and right from left? Uh-uh. It ought to be an indication to you that we're on the wrong road. Something has gone amiss here. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he has torn. He's tearing right now. All of God's creation is upset. My God. We're talking about global warming and, and all of the things. The financial markets are upset. Because of the pandemic. Wow. Well, where did that come from? The noisome pestilence. You know somebody? It's affecting everything. Come, let us return unto the Lord. For he hath torn and he will heal us. If we would just come back into right relationship with him. Now listen. Um, I'm not wasting my, my breath and my ministry on people that are not going to be saved. I'm talking to the church right now. I'm talking to the saints. We know everybody's not going to be saved. Hmm. My God. Uh, Aaron told Moses, these people are set. Uh, uh you know, <laughs> they ain't even trying to do what's right. Don't be blaming me. Their minds are set on evil. There are some individuals, uh, they're not going to do what's right, but we're talking to God's people. That's who Jose was talking to. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. My God. Each and every one of us, God is calling us back before us. It's too late, calling us back to right relationship with him. People are talking about the effects of COVID. You know, people are just, you know, uh, so much has changed. You know, people are not as formal anymore as it used to be. And, you know, everybody has changed their attire. They're more lackadaisical. You're selling more sandals. You're uh, selling more sweatpants. People are, you know, just as not as crisp. And, and some people have just become just downright evil. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll shoot you down if you cut them off on the street. You know somebody? They're killing people on the highway nowadays. This, this uh, pandemic, this quarantine time has set people's minds. They, they're just unhinged. My God. And certainly... Uh, God is calling us back to right relationship. And even uh, it has affected many people spiritually. This pandemic, quarantine time, people are not praying. Even they had more time. They're not praying like they used to pray. They're not devoting themselves to God like they used to. 
My God, matter of fact, they have relaxed a lot of beliefs that they used to hold true. Come on, somebody. My God, am I talking to you? Hmm. All right, so Jose had to go and buy Gomer back. Amen. Uh, let's go back to uh, Jose 3. Go back to that third chapter. Verses one through three. This is uh, this is the Lord. Uh, look at uh, Hosea three one through three. Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress. She's an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who have looked to other gods. When we're looking to other things, depending on other things, devoting ourselves to other things, worshiping other things, idolizing other things, he likens it unto an adulterous individual. Come on, somebody. Don't have to be just a woman. An adulterous individual who looked to other gods. And love flagons of wine. They're, they're, they're more interested in creature comforts of the world than holiness and righteousness. Flagons of wine. Come on, somebody. Look what he says. So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for an homer of barley and a half homer of barley. And I said unto her, thou shalt abide with me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man, so will I also be for thee. My God. Now, this went over a lot of people's head. Uh, Jose had to go and buy, first of all, in our study of Revelation, we, all of those materials we saw in the temple had representation. Amen. All of it represented something and silver represented redemption. So it's no surprise that he went back and redeemed her for silver. That's what silver represents. Redemption. Amen. And the thing that blows your mind, Jose had to go back and buy something that already belonged to him. Oh, my God. God had to go to the cross and redeem something back to himself that already belonged to him. And that's something. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? He's God. He created all things. And without him, there was nothing made. We already belonged to him. But he was willing Come on, somebody. To go to the cross and shed his blood. Uh, uh, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. No, God was not a man. He became a man to redeem mankind back to himself. Step down. Come on, somebody. My God. 42 generations robed himself in human flesh. 
and he that knew no sin became sin for us. My God, who wouldn't serve a God like this? My God, bought and paid. God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved the world that he gave his only. Come on, somebody. It's something to give, and then it's, it, it's something to give your last or your only. Come on, somebody. My God. We have a song that the angels can't sing. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So he went and purchased what already belonged to him. And you ought to tell him, I love you. Lord, I love you. My God, you didn't have to do it. My God, but I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you did. Romans. Romans, the first chapter. Apostle Paul says something here. I think we need to take into consideration out of all that we've read here. Look what he says. Uh, Romans, the first chapter in verse 14. I have a debt I can't even begin to pay. Come on, somebody. What does he say? Romans 1 14. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. He could have killed me. I could have died. He could have let me go on thinking I was already saved. Come on, somebody. But he saved me. He went and purchased something that was already his from the beginning. Come on, somebody. He should have just discarded me. O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as the potter does with the clay? Come on, somebody. It was marred, but yet still in the hands of the potter. Oh, my God. Hmm. Where did he say I was injurious of the saints? My God. Who art thou, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you persecuted. King Agrippa, I didn't always uh, have this thing right. I made, some, I made some big mistakes in my past. And each and every one of us, we have that same testimony. I haven't doubted every I and crossed every T. I've done some things I'm ashamed of. Some things that I could have been killed in that situation, but God brought me out even before I got saved. Mm, he had his hand upon me, my God. So what does Paul say? I am debtor both to the Greeks, to the uh, civilized and to the barbarians, the uncivilized, all right? Both to the wise, who is that? The educated and to the unwise 
the uneducated, civilized, uncivilized, educated, uneducated. Since I can't pay him back, I'm indebted to everybody I come in contact with. Mm. Just like he was standing before King Agrippa. And ever since that day, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. I don't have to be standing here right now. God could have cut me off a long time ago. My God, while I was yet in my sins. All right. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. Everywhere I go, I can tell the world about this. I can tell the nations I'm blessed. Come on, somebody. I don't know how much time I have. I don't know much how much time God has granted to those that he has sent me to. But everybody I come in contact with, what the mercy that he has shown unto me, come on, somebody, I owe it to others that I come in contact with. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Anybody need some mercy? Well, you better start showing some on those individuals that need to hear that Jesus saves. To the utmost, Jesus saves. My God, each and every one of us, God has given us this ministry. All of us have ministry. Everybody that's baptized in Jesus' name filled with the Holy Ghost, you have a testimony you need to share with everybody you come in contact with. My God, tell them about this Jesus. My God, that can stand on the water. Tell them about this Jesus. My God, that can move mountains. Tell them about this Jesus. My God, that gives you victory over every Goliath in your life. Tell them about this Jesus that sees what's in the darkness. Oh, come on, somebody. My God, that gives you peace in the midst of your storm that gives you water when you're thirsty, the one that gives you bread when you're hungry. My God, the one that's the bridge over troubled water, your high tower, your high fence. Come on, somebody. My God, of protection. My God, your high tower, your wheel that's in the middle of the wheel. My God, tell him about, tell the world about this. First Corinthians, first Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Paul says something. First Corinthians, the fourth chapter. We want verse one and two. He said, let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ. And we all have this ministry that have been saved as stewards of the mysteries of God. Hmm. We're stewards of that, and we can tell others of the mystery of God. Moreover, is required of stewards that a man be what? Found faithful. Amen. A steward doesn't own anything, but he's held responsible 
Come on, somebody. He's held accountable. Amen. He doesn't own anything. But he's held responsible as if he does own it. And he will handle it and manage it in that manner. Mm. These thoughts that I'm thinking, they're not, they're not me. What I have, you know, people look around and say, this is, this is all me. No, there is no you. <laughs> Even you've been bought with a price. You don't own yourself. My God. I'm being held responsible for, but I don't own nothing. My wife, my children, my house, my car, my money. Come on, somebody. I'm just a mere steward over these things. I'm held accountable and responsible, but I don't own any of it. Come on, somebody. My God. That's what a steward is. You can also substitute the word slave. Amen. We've been bought with a price. We don't own ourselves. Amen. Uh, we are stewards over the mystery. God, what he has done for one, he will do for another. Amen. We are servants of God. Amen. And every day God present us with an opportunity. Come on, somebody. To let the light that's shining in us, which is we are a reflection of him, shine to someone else. Amen. What did he do? He sent them where he would go. We are ambassadors of Christ. Everywhere you go, and, and we often talk about that. God is not the author of confusion. And when you come into a conversation, there should not be no confusion. Mm. You ought to have a calming spirit. Bring in some clarity. Bring in some truth. Bring in some mercy. Come on, somebody. My God. Some of us, we have that insatiable love affair with God, but somewhere along the way, we lost our first love. And God is asking the question, yeah, you started out fine, but where am I going to find you? Where are you now? Mm. People used to be on point, come down to assembling themselves in the house of God. Used to be on point reading their Bible. Used to be on point praying. Come on, somebody. My God having a, a heavenly conversation. But now that's all we seem to talk about is what's going on here. What's happening with so-and-so and what's happening over there. They've already done a study. You know, uh, a lie will travel uh, 10 times faster than the truth. And there's a whole lot of study going on now about, you know, deception and lies, especially when it comes down to this vaccine. People will believe something that they they found in, in crack it in, in 
inside a Chinese cookie. They'll believe that before they go to the word of God and get the truth. Girl, I found it in a cookie. Come on, somebody, and they'll hold it up as truth and tell it to others. How is God going to find you? Moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. It's good that you started out. You know, we say, I've been running for Jesus a long time and I'm not tired yet, but what, how do you feel now? How is he going to find you? Amen. Amen. He's calling us back. Come on, somebody. My God. Make it like it was, the way it used to be. When I was desperate for your love. That's the kind of love affair he wants to have with each and every one of us. Psalms 112. Psalms 112. Saints, we don't know the blessing it is in serving God. We don't know the benefits of living a saved life. Many of us, we haven't stayed in this thing long enough. Come on, somebody. You know, it's about sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. And just remember the laws of sowing and reaping, you always get back more than you sow. If you sold a kernel of corn and got back a kernel of corn, well, <laughs> Why would you go through the process of sowing? But you can sow a kernel of corn and get back a stalk that has ears uh, on it. And you can peel back each one of those ears. And my goodness, you got all kinds of kernels of corn. Hmm. So if the positive is true, the negative is true. When you sow in hate, fear, lies, deceit, come on somebody, you got a whole lot of it coming back to you and, and people be asking the question, I, I don't know when I'm going to walk out of this storm, I don't, it just seems like God don't love me. Well, listen, you know, you, you just got to go uh, uh, outlive all the stuff that you've done. Because God said, my word have gone out of my mouth and it will not return unto me void. It will accomplish what I have set it out to do. And the laws of sowing and reaping are not going to work for one and not the other. It's going to work for you too. So those things that you've sown in hate, guess what? It's coming back. It's coming your way. It's coming your way. My God. But if we would live a saved life, uh, Psalms 112 gives us a, a real good example of the benefits of living a saved life. He said what? Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. Amen. That delighteth greatly in his commandments. All right. It talks about the manifold blessings. All right. Uh, delight greatly in his commandments. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Your children will be blessed with PhDs and doctorate degrees. Come on, somebody. 
The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endureth forever. Come on, somebody. My God, I'm what's right about God. And uh, unto the upright there arises light in uh, the darkness and his gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Come on, somebody. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. Come on, somebody. My God. A good man is generous. It's a blessing to be generous. Come on, somebody. And your generosity. Uh, you know, a lot of times people want to get wealth on the backs of others. But you, a, a person that's generous will take their wealth and bless others so they can come up too. Mm, come on, somebody. There's another point in being generous. A lot of times rich people are stingy. You ever notice that about rich people? Man, they can hold on to some money. Uh, but when you're generous, that lets you know you're not looking to yourself uh, uh, about this wealth, but you put your trust in God. That's how you got it in the first place. So I can be generous the others to others because I'm not afraid of losing it. Because I can look unto the hills with cometh, which with cometh my help. Because all of my help, my wealth, my income, my increase, it comes from the Lord. So I can be generous and be a blessing to others. Come on, somebody. Uh, he will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Come on, somebody. You are the apple of his eye. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Come on, somebody. My God, all dangers will be overcome. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? God is with me. My God, even death will be subdued. Come on, somebody. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid. Uh, they're not double-minded people. Anybody see a, a double-minded person? They one way one day and, and another day they, they're something else. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Come on, somebody. And he won't have the blessings of God. All right. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see the desire upon his enemies. Come on, somebody. Who is our enemy? Death. Come on, somebody. My God. But what? That was the last thing he put upon his feet. Come on, somebody. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? My God. Even death is going to be subdued. It's going to be defeated. My God. He hath dispersed. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted. Look at the honor that we get. Come on, somebody. Uh, the prosperity, the security, the freedom from fear when you live a saved life. Come on, somebody. Look at this. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth. 
and melt away, the desire of the wicked shall perish. Favor ain't fair, but it sure feels good to have the favor of God upon your life. The devil don't like it, but he can't do nothing about it. Look at the blessings, my God, that he wants to bestow upon the saved life. And, and that's what Jose warned the people. He said, um, let come, let us return unto the Lord. He hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten, but he will bind us up. My God, if we would just return unto him, if we would live a saved life, if we would walk upright before God, come on somebody, every miracle necessary, God will perform it. Come on somebody, my God, he'll fight every battle. Mm. He'll feed you when you're hungry. He'll be your water when you're thirsty. My God, each and every one of us, we ought to be reaping the benefits and the blessing. See, God said it. I believe it. I know sometimes people are superstitious. Well, I know he can do it, and I know he's done it for others. I don't know if he'd do it for me. The Bible says what he has done for one, he will do for another. Yeah, he'll do it for you. Keep doing the right thing. Be not weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. My God. People start off good, but they never finish to get the full potential and benefit. You know, an individual can go through an educational program and they can get all the way to the end and they have the benefits of, uh, they have partial benefits of what they learned in school, but they never got the credential. Come on, somebody. So they know a lot about, uh, you know, engineering. They know a lot about mathematics. They know a lot about uh, the health. Uh, being a nurse or being a doctor, but they never was credentialed. They didn't finish. So they didn't get the credentials and the recognition and also the compensation that goes along with an individual that stuck to it all the way to the end. My God, many benefits and blessings are going to be forfeited. Come on, somebody. God said your ladder is going to be greater than what you're going through. But that benefit will be forfeited when we become weary. People are getting weary in well-doing. I'm tired of doing the right thing. I'm tired of turning the other cheek. I'm tired of forgiving folk. Don't be weary in well-doing. Due season. Payday. It's coming after a while. I don't see none of those on the clock. I can look up there and I see an 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, a 9, a 10. I don't see payday. I don't see due season. So I couldn't tell you when it's coming. But it does exist. Be not weary in well-doing. Come on, somebody. My God. 
Your due season is coming after a while. Come on, somebody. But you cannot quit. You cannot faint. Come on, somebody. God don't get no pleasure in a drawback spirit. But when somebody say, I'm more than a conqueror, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. Come on, somebody. My God. When you don't have nobody to encourage you, you do what? Encourage yourself in the Lord. Uh, Luke 9. Luke says something here. I think we need to take into consideration Ninth chapter, Luke, and we're going all the way down to that 60. Uh, uh, going all the way to that last verse, 62. What did Jesus say? And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the gospel, to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. We're single purpose. My God. We're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a set-aside people, a reserved people unto him. We have one purpose, and that is to please him. My God. I don't have time for putting my hand to the gospel plow and, and wondering what I'm missing in the world. And that's what the devil will do. Oh, boy, you missing out. All oh, this is going on. People are having a good time. Come on, somebody. Isn't that what the devil do? Uh, you know, uh, they say misery loves company, and that's true. People, people can be having miserable lives, yet they'll tell you, come on in. The water is warm. They don't love you. They're not concerned about you. My God. No man having put his hand to the gospel plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. My God. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. That's, that's where... Uh, our concentration, that's where our focus need to be. Our perfect example. Come on, somebody. My God. Look at Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews. Twelfth chapter. What does it say? Hebrews 12, 1 through 4. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside what? Every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto who? Jesus, our perfect example, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. You have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. Paul even said that we're living in times of light affliction. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, you haven't strived uh, unto blood resisting against sin. Nobody's beating us, persecuting us for what we believe. Yet we're still afraid to let people know what we stand for. Come on, somebody. My God. Wherefore, seeing that we're compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses, those that have gone on before should be our constant reminders of the love, the compassion, the dedication, come on somebody, the commitment of warriors that have gone on before. Oh my God, you talk about a loveless church? I'm talking about a time when the saints love the Lord. Mm. Everybody would jump up on testimony night. I want to thank God. Come on, somebody, for life, health, and strength, and a sound mind. Come on, somebody. Don't have no Mercedes. Don't have no Lexus. Uh, don't have no Cadillac. Don't even have Obamacare. Many of them didn't even have an aspirin at home. But we'll jump up on testimony. I want to thank God for life, health, and strength and being enclosed in my right mind. Don't you know that's, that's precious? To be enclosed, to know who you are, where you are. Come on, somebody. Can put one foot in front of the other. You can raise, somebody say, raise your right hand and you, you don't even know what part of you is the hand or the foot. But you can raise your right hand, having a sound mind. Oh, come on, somebody. And, and you talk about a sound mind that still wants to run for the Lord. My God. Having got tired of serving God. God's way and, and, and his commandment, thy word, have I, I've hidden it in my heart. Oh, uh, come on, not this heart that pumps blood, this heart. My God, the seat of my affection. Uh, I, I esteem it more highly than my necessary bread. I've hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against God. We're compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. Those that have gone on before should be constant reminders of who we ought to be today. Mm. Made me think about Brother Coma Howard, that on 12 inches of snow and in the, the coldest of mornings already at the church Turn the heat on. We, we couldn't do it by Wi-Fi back then. Somebody's got to show up to the church, turn the heat on, unlock the door, shovel the snow, and greet, help the people, greet the people and help them come in. That ought to be a constant reminder 
My God, what a faithful soldier. Mm, a real deacon in the church would do. Come on, somebody. Let us lay aside every weight and sin. I, I, I'm sometime I'm, 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 I don't know if uh, saints know what sin is anymore, uh, but we have a, a challenge identifying weights and, and see weight will hold you until the sin catches up. You can't run with a whole lot of weight on you. I know somebody though. People don't run with uh, fur coats and purses and luggage and, and even rolling bags. Uh, they get just as light as they can. So they can run the race. I'm on somebody. And if you have a whole lot of weight, uh, jealousy, animosity, mm, low self-esteem, those things will hold you until the sin catch up. Lay aside those things. Weight sin that does so easily beset us disqualify us for the race and let us run with patience the race that is before us. You can't run my race. You got a race set before you. I have a race set before me. You got to run your race and let me run mine. I'm on somebody, my God. And I can become disqualified trying to, you know, people are always trying to tell you what to do, what you ought to do, how you ought to handle this. And all these people that hear from the Lord, come on somebody trying to give you a word from the Lord, but that stuff is all toe up. Listen, you run your race. <laughs> Leave me alone, let me run mine. I got to run my race with patience because see, every day I'm not gonna feel like running through troops and leaping over walls. Mm. Every round is not going to end with a W. But the battle is already won. Anybody hear what I said? Every round is not going to win with a W. But the battle. My God is already run. My God. Somebody is, is uh, sleeping with an NBA championship trophy. My God, every night didn't end with a win. But at the end of that seven game series, somebody emerged the winner. My God, didn't win every night. But they won enough nights to be crowned the NBA champions of the world. All right. Run your race with patience. That is set before us. What are we going to do? Always look to Jesus. If you're not looking to him, you're losing your focus. You've lost your purpose. You always got to look to Jesus. Somebody was walking on water. Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. Peter stepped out on the water, and as long as he had his eyes on God, he was able to walk on the waters. But when he began to look at the wind and the waves, uh, the sea, 
was tossing and turning. The wind was blowing. He began to sink. But if you keep your eyes, Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we don't have no might against these people, but our eyes, our focus, come on somebody, my God, there had been a great army came from beyond the sea. They weren't out there for battle. They were out there to worship. They didn't have their battering rams and staves and knives and all of that. The enemy had it. And Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we don't have no might against these people, but our eyes, my God, are upon you. Looking unto Jesus. Come on, somebody. Who's the author and finisher of our faith? For the who for the joy that was set before him, our perfect example, he endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. Some people, that's all they can think about is themselves. Loveless church, oh, this is so heavy, and this is so hard, and this is so... Woe is me. Consider him who was marred more than any other man. Come on, somebody. My God. Yet, uh, somebody said he could have called a legion of angels. He could have come down on the cross. But he decided to die. He looked at you, saw your worthlessness, your hopelessness, your pitifulness, and decided you were worth dying. Mm. Consider him. Keep your eyes on him. Lest you be wearied in your own mind. And you have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. Come on, somebody. Uh, this is hard work. But I can do all things. Come on, somebody. And it involves giving up whatever will be a hindrance to your relationship with God. I'll let nothing separate me from the love of my God. If it's going to be a hindrance, and that's a lot of times where individuals go astray. They want to hold on to this and they want to hold on to that. They want to have a relationship with so-and-so. But it's a hindrance to your walking relationship with God. Mm. My God. And when you can look at him and not your individual circumstance, you can be a winner every time. Jesus, our perfect example, said, it is finished. My God, aren't you so glad he didn't call a legion of angels? Aren't you glad he didn't come down off the cross? Come on, somebody. It is finished. Without the shedding of blood, he finished it. 
Come on, somebody. My God. You got to finish it. Hmm. Make me think about, um, you all know I love uh, Westerns. And it always uh, kills me, if you will. Individuals that will, you know, uh, get in a fight, gunfight with an individual, and they'll punch him and knock him out and leave him down there on the floor unconscious and with their gun still in their hand. <laughs> and sure enough, what do they do? They come back. They gain consciousness and get the gun, get their wits about themselves. That kills me. If you're in a fight with an individual, you knock them down. And most of them, you're going to leave them down there unconscious and still with their gun. Finish it. Sin is nothing to play with. If you don't kill it, it's going to kill you. Uh, uh, the Bible said it eats as does a, a, a canker or a cancer. Anytime it's found in your body, uh, they want to do chemotherapy. They want to open up and, and cut it out. They want to eradicate it. They want to kill it. Uh, either it kills you or you're going to have to kill it. One or the other. My God. Mm. And each and every one of us, we have to lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily disqualify us. Amen. And listen, saints, yes, we're at the last point of this journey, the most dangerous time of the trip when people start letting down their guard. Hmm. People nowadays don't seem to have the, uh, the same regard and reverence and hold God in his place as we should. We don't work on that relationship as we should. You know, every relationship has to be worked on. You just can't take somebody for granted. My God. You know, sometimes my, my children come in the house and just walk right past you, go on and do what they're doing and don't even acknowledge you. <laughs> That's one of those things that irk me. You know, how easy it is to say, hey, how you doing? I do that myself. Hey, so-and-so, hey, this, hey, that. Relationships require work. Come on, somebody. A lot of times I'll be in the room and my son will come in and he's talking and he's behind me. I say, come on around here. <laughs> Don't talk to the back of my head. I want to look in your eyes. And, and, and when you say certain, uh, things, I, I want to look in your eyes and see you say them. I'm on somebody because I'm reading you. Mm. How many know God knows what's in your heart? He know your thoughts are far off. Everything is open and naked before him. 
He know your thoughts even before you think them. Come on, somebody. My God. And he's calling us to relationship. Anybody um, ever ask God to change your mind about something you know your thought was wrong? You know you're about to make the wrong decision, do the wrong thing, and prayed and asked God to change your mind about that situation. That requires relationship. See, when you don't have no relationship, you say, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do so and so and so and so. Oh, you ain't going to do that. I don't, I don't care what you think. That's the attitude people have today. But God is saying, oh, no, I'm calling you back. Consider me and what I had to go through. The cross that I had to bear. Mm. He that uh, knew no sin became sin. He was marred more than any other man. He did it because he felt that you were worth it. And we are if we go on. Follow along to know the Lord. Come on, somebody. And let him take us to perfection. There's nothing like when God can take his red blood and douse our black soul in and we come out white as snow. Come on, somebody. My God. Can't nobody do that but Jesus. Amen. All right. Second Timothy. Second Timothy four, the sermon that became a Bible class or the Bible class that became a sermon. I don't know which one it was. What did Paul say? I have finished my course. My God, I think about the song that uh, Elder David Fortune sing. I want to hear him say, well done. I'm living this life to live again. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. All right, what did he say? Uh, 2 Timothy 4 and 7. I have fought a good fight. Stop right there. I didn't give up. Didn't throw in the towel. Remember on somebody? Did not compromise. Come on, somebody. Every round didn't end with a W, but I stayed in the fight. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. My God, I have kept the faith. Strong finish requires strong faith. The only way you can finish this thing, the Bible says, but without faith. It takes faith. To keep doing right to people that do you wrong. It takes faith. My God. Uh, not to give people a piece of your mind. Mm. Tell somebody my mind is so sound. I'm just going to keep it to myself. <laughs> my God. God will fight your battles. There's help. There's help in the house. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me, what? A crown of righteousness, 
which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. My God, every fighter is going to be tested. Every soldier is going to be tested. Come on, somebody. My God, faith untested is just talk. Faith untested is just talk. Where the rubber meets the road, can you praise him in the valley? Hmm. Somebody said, Lord, isn't it, isn't it that you're with me if I found favor in your sight? Isn't it that you would go with us up to the mountain? And Lord, if you ain't up on the mountain, we don't want to go. Come on, somebody. My God. If I found favor in your sight, be with me every step of the way. And Lord, if you in the valley, I'd rather be in the valley with you than on the mountaintop without you. Come on, somebody. My God, because where the spirit of the Lord is, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can be right in the midst of my toughest storm, but as long as he's with me, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Every good soldier is going to be tested. Amen. Every one of us will have to finish our journey. Come on, somebody. But listen, you're not in this thing all by yourself. There's help available. David said, shall I pursue? And will I recover all? Come on, somebody, not partial. Shall I pursue? And will I recover all? Radoff to run after with hostile intention. Oh, come on, somebody. I I'm in this race and I'm in it to win it. Come on, somebody. My God. Daniel found help even in the lion's den. The king couldn't sleep. He paced the floor all night long. My God. Daniel had talked up his God. Come on, somebody. And they signed a decree unbeknownst to the king. And Daniel, it fell on him. His windows flung open and he prayed toward Jerusalem just like he did on any other night. My God. And they had to throw him into the lion's den even because the king had already signed the decree. And the king walks the floor all night long and he runs out in the morning and said, Daniel, that God that you prayed to, was he able to deliver you from the lion's mouth? Come on, somebody. Daniel said, King, live forever. My God, I'm going to bless you. Live forever. Uh, God has shut the lion's mouth and made him a friend. Come on, somebody. So I want to encourage somebody today. Saints, listen, we got to finish this thing. 
It ain't over until it's over. And it ain't over until God says so before you walk out that door, before you throw in the towel, before you say, well, this is my last time. This is the last straw. This is the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Come on, somebody. I dare you to hold on just a little while longer. Weeping may endure for a night. Come on, somebody. Trouble don't last always. Joy. Tell yourself joy is coming. God's joy is coming in the morning. David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, take me to the rock. My God, hallelujah. Take me to the rock that is higher than I. My God. Many times we accuse God of being like man. You know how uh, man will do you. Uh, they'll uh, spiritually uh, shoot you in the head and leave you for dead. Come on, somebody. My God. Now, listen. Now, uh, God ain't no uh, uh, just, uh, you know, nothing to play with. Now, he will throw you in the water. He'll put you in the deep end. <laughs> My God. Uh, he'll baptize you by fire, but he'll, he'll stick around and make sure you, you, you figured out how to swim. He'll make sure you, uh, you're going to survive it. Come on, somebody. Because there's no temptation taking me. Come on, somebody. But with every temptation, he's going to do what? He's going to make a way of escape, but you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tried. Come on, somebody. My God. But I'm so glad God is not like man. My God, he will make a way of escape. Isaiah 59. Uh, I got a, a few more scriptures here, and then I'm going to be done here. Uh-oh. All right. Well, we'll... Hmm. All right, Isaiah 59, 19. Maybe we'll end with this one. Isaiah 59 and 19. God is our formidable foe against our enemy. Come on, somebody. He ain't nobody to play with. Look what it says. So shall they fear thy name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. And when the enemy shall come in like a flood, what? The spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. My God, David said, not on my watch. No, not, not, nope, nope. <laughs> my God. Uh, you know, I don't have to sit back and just let the devil come in and wreak havoc in my marriage. Wreak havoc among my children and in my home. Oh, no. Come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus, somebody said, we have the victory. When the enemy, you know, he, you know, I'm not even going to let him rage in my mind. You know, sometimes the enemy wants to rage in your own mind. Come on, somebody, you get so angry, you want to wage war yourself. You may hear of some things. 
individuals have uh, taken matters into their own hands. And when you get the get the truth of the matter, you I'm on their side. <laughs> oh no, we got to let the Lord fight this thing. Amen. So when the enemy come in as a flood, come on somebody. When my heart is overwhelmed, take me to the rock that is higher than I. The Lord, he will raise up a standard. Come on, somebody. My God, aren't you glad for a church with walls? I know they celebrate a church without walls, but walls are, are important. My flesh don't know when enough is enough. Come on, somebody. Your mouth sometimes talk too much. Your brain is thinking too much and you allow it to wander and go too far. Come on, somebody. My God, this flesh wants what it wants. Come on, somebody. But there, was, there are walls, there are confines. Come on, somebody. Standards that we must live up to. Walk up right before God. Come on, somebody. And we have to look to Jesus. And anytime you got your, your focus in on something else besides him, you're not going to make it. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And without faith. You will never be able to run this race with patience. Come on, somebody. You'll never be able to please God. But without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible to please God. My God. Paul told Agrippa he could have killed me. Come on, somebody. He should have killed me. I was persecuting the saints. And some of us, we can look back over our lives and remember the things that we've done, the places we've been, the things we've said, even against the church, against the saints, and against God. He should have killed me. My God. But he had mercy. He had mercy upon me. Uh, let me give you this last scripture. Let's go to um, Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, Jehoshaphat. The morning that they were going out to fight against the enemy that came from beyond the sea. He had a very important message because they were doing something a little bit different. Now, they wasn't fighting the enemy like they, they, they fought before, but he had a word from the Lord. Isn't it good to have a word from the Lord uh, when you're going through, when you're not sure? Come on, somebody. When the enemy catch you by surprise, they had a totally different strategy. We're going to put the praisers out before our warriors. My God, you, you're talking about trusting God and letting God fight the battle. Uh, Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, verses 20 and 21. 
I would like to impress this upon your heart. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. My God. Listen. Jehoshaphat stood before the people and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established and believe your pastor. So shall you prosper. Come on, somebody. My God. He got it at the, uh, the word. He called for the ephod, the word of the Lord. Glad somebody was in the camp that could get a word through. God gave it to the man of God. He gave it to the people. Come on, somebody. You know how the story goes. When they got there, the enemy was confounded and they turned on themselves. My God, the battle is not yours, but you got to show up. Come on, somebody. My God, you got to show up and watch God. Watch God. Come on, somebody. Make the difference for you. My God, but having therefore obtained help of God. Come on, somebody. I could have been dead, but I'm still alive. Tell somebody I'm still alive. My God, I thank God there's help in the house. Amen. There's help. My God, whatever you need, God has it. We have to finish. We're on the last end of our journey. We got to run your race with patience, laying aside every weight and sin that does so easily. You can easily get disqualified. Let it go. Let it go. That all that you have with your brother and your sister let it go. Let God fight that battle. Come on, somebody. God will fight for you. My God. I wouldn't be here today if it had not been for God. Come on, somebody. Having therefore obtained help of God. You know, you know that's true. You know you haven't done this on your own. You know it would be no you if it wasn't for God, solidifying you, strengthening you, keeping you. Come on, somebody. My God. If it had not been for the Lord that's been on my side. Mm, somebody said, I'd still be in the crack house. I'd still be in a drunken stupor. I would have lost my life to drugs and alcohol a long time ago. The devil would have turned me out. He wants to sift me as wheat. But I prayed for you. My God, 
that your faith, what you believe about me will be greater than what you're going through. My faith must outlast my test. My faith must outlast what I believe about my enemy. My God, my Goliath, my faith has to be bigger than him. My faith has to be bigger than my mountain. My God, it must outlast what I'm going through. Come on, somebody. May God bless you. May God keep you. Tell that neighbor, say, neighbor, it's time to finish. Strong finish is going to require a strong faith. Amen. And we have hope toward God. Come on, somebody. My God, that we're going to see God's face in peace. May God bless you. May God keep you is our.